We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another special edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. That is Ryan Roberts, our recruit, director of recruiting. So we are going to uh, carry and then discuss the decision by four-star running back Jade Lamar, who very shortly, we'll go to it when we get to that point in time, is going to be making his decision between Notre Dame, Michigan, Oregon, and Arizona. Ryan, this is a, a very interesting recruitment. I don't know how much time we're going to have to prep beforehand because he's supposed to go live very soon. But, you know, there was a time in this in this when it looked like, you know, actually he's going live now. So let's just go to it. Moment, but first, tell us what the recruiting process has been like for you. It's been great for me. You know, me and my family have been able to go to a lot of places and it's really cool. And I've just been trying to look at all the good parts of it and seeing all these different types of schools has been amazing. So it's been great. What's it meant to you to have your family and friends with you as you get set to make this decision? Uh, it means a lot to me. You know, we got a big family, as everybody knows. So it's really cool being able to share this moment with them. Jaden, what kind of player is a prospective school getting out of you? Uh, they're getting a first versatile player. I can play running back. I can play receiver. I honestly, I feel like I could catch the ball and run the ball about the same. So they're getting everything out of me. All right, Jaden, sit tight. We'll get to your announcement in a moment. Uh, when we return, we will find out where Jaden Lamar is headed. He will announce his commitment live. Right let's preview this one a little bit before we come back. Obviously, not surprising they're going to commercial. So let's discuss a little bit. Obviously. Michigan was a program that for a time there were a lot of people in the Michigan beat that thought that this was going to be a Notre Dame or, I mean, a Michigan pickup, right? And mm. Mike Hart is a guy that had developed a very good relationship with Jaden Lamar, and he had been on campus. He's been on campus in Michigan. Oregon went through a similar situation as Notre Dame as they went through a coaching change around the same time as Notre Dame. And so he had a new running backs coach come in. They got involved with him. He's been at Oregon more than any other school on his in his Final Four list, which makes sense when you consider geographically how much closer it is than than all the other top schools. Arizona's another one. Scotty Graham, former Ohio State running back. Old people like me will remember Scotty Graham as a player 
but uh, he's the running backs coach at Arizona. Uh, he did a really nice job. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Ryan, and we, we can get into this later, but if Arizona starts winning, they're going to start getting some, not maybe not beating Notre Dame for kids, but they're going to start getting more and more, and maybe they will. They're going to start getting more and more kids because I'll tell you, Jed Fish has put together a pretty decent recruiting staff so far, and yep. they picked up some good players despite going 1-11 last year. So uh, that's a positive sign. If you can land some kids like you know uh, Tetaroa McMillan and some guys like that, and you win a 1-11, you're doing some nice things. So that's the four finalists. Now, it's interesting. Washington did not really push for him, it seems. And, and I don't know if that's because he wasn't super interested in Washington or vice versa, but I think that's a, a mistake in my opinion, by Washington. And so we're going to carry his his commitment once he does go live again to this, to, to, uh, to do it. We'll talk, we'll break down the film. We'll get in the film room tonight. We'll talk about what we like, you know, maybe some things that we would like to see him improve on how he fits into the defense and what's next. So let's go back to Jaden. All been waiting for the stage is yours. Where will you be playing college football in 2023? Man, first, I just want to thank God and all my family members for supporting me. Got a big family, and everybody had a hand in my success this year. And I want to thank Tracy Ford, everyone over at FSP. I want to thank all my high school coaches, Tri, Dinwiddie, Jimmy Lucier, everybody that's had any hand in my athletic ability. I want to thank all my siblings, Bubba, E.E., and Jada. I want to thank my parents especially. They've been through a lot, and they've overcame a lot, and it's just amazing that I get to share this experience with them. But that being said... I will be committing to play football at the University of Notre Dame. There you go. There you go. A kiss from mom, and you're off to Notre Dame. What was it about Notre Dame that stood out to you over the other schools, Jaden? I mean, honestly, everything. I love that they have God in intertwined with everything that they do. I love the new coaches that they have, me, Marcus Freeman, and Dylan McCullough. We have a great relationship, and that just means everything to me. I've been looking for a fam family atmosphere, and I found it with them. So, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. If, if I was a big-time prospect – like yourself, Jaden, I mean, I'd be pumped right now to play for Marcus Freeman. How pumped are you to play for Marcus Freeman? This is a guy that everybody's excited to see how he does in his first season uh, there in South Bend. Man, I'm super excited. I just can't wait to see what he does this next year. And then once I get there, I feel like we're going to take over college football. So I can't wait. Well, you're joining a heck of a class, the number one recruiting class in 2023. I mean, the, the guys on your squad coming in are some of the best in the nation, and you're adding on to that. Congrats again on your decision. But before I let you go, Jaden, tell all the Notre Dame fans what type of player they're going to be getting once you step foot on campus. Man, they're getting everything. I'm going to be a versatile player for them, hopefully get a play for them from the jump. And they're getting a good person, so I can't wait to get there. All right. Jaden Lamar headed to Notre Dame. Jaden, thanks for joining us here on CBS Sports HQ. Again, congratulations on your commitment to the Fighting Irish. Wish the best of luck. Look forward to watching you play down the road here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out trade coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. And don't forget, it's Father's Day coming up, and a trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. All right. So, Ryan, there you go. That is Jade Lamar. So, Notre Dame gets another pickup. So, it gives them the number one ranked class on rivals. They actually had fallen to number two because, again, it's a points-based system, and Texas Tech has 20 commitments. Notre Dame had 12, but Notre Dame now jumps ahead of Texas Tech. I think I might have said Texas A&M. I meant Texas Tech. And uh, they were already number one still on on three, the on on three consensus, ESPN, 24-7 sports, the 24-7 sports composite. They are now solidified that that number one spot. So, Ryan, let's get into the backstory. So when we were talking for a while about a commitment that we were expecting to happen the weekend of the Blue Gold game, this was it. <laughs> so this is one that we've been expecting for a while. He was a ri- Their plan was originally that he was going to commit that weekend. They did some things that they decided they wanted to wait. He wanted to make sure that he took some visits and things along those lines. So uh, that was the reason behind that. But it was never one where you felt like it wasn't going to end up this way. And there was never a time when it seemed like, okay, gee, are they losing their place? It was never anything like that. This is one that Jaden has been pretty locked into Notre Dame for quite some time. And like I said, we fully expected him to commit publicly in April. He 
privately committed, you know, silently committed in April. But, you know, those only go so far because when kids are going to take visits, I don't, you know, those, that only goes so far for me. Yeah. But he was a silent commitment. He is now a public commitment, commitment number 13 for Notre Dame. And now Notre Dame is back on the board at running back, Ryan. So essentially this was part of the decision. This was part of the reason they were comfortable telling Cedric Irvin, hey, look, we love you, but we don't have a spot for you because they're getting a back that's very similar in style, but just better than what right. Cedric Irvin was. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've been pretty consistent with the fact that I've liked Jane um, Lamar's game for a long time. You know, I, I know we, I think you comped him at some point to similar-ish to a Kyron Williams, maybe not mm-hmm. as natural a receiver, but the style yeah. is similar. It's not a receiver in regards to being able to do the wide receiver stuff, the lining up in the slot, running corner routes, things like sure. that. But it's out of the backfield, it's very, very, yes, very, very similar. Yeah, and, and I had the ability to uh, to talk to Jaden Lamar's high school coach today, Tom Try, who he mentioned in his little excerpt there, and going to have a little story on him in the background. I mean, he's this is a really good athlete, Brian. I, I think he's a really good. I mean, he's verified four five three in the forty yard dash. Apparently, he's jumped forty and a half inches while at the at the high school as well. So this is an explosive kid. I think he gives you a lot of potential to do a lot of versatile things, like we just said. Right, he is a. Running back, of course, used in the slot a little bit for his team. He can return kicks, return punts as need be. He can play defense. He played in their four-two-five. He played like the the overhang, like um, Sam Backer as well, too. So he plays all over the place. And then even when they had some injuries last year, a quarterback, he would even come in and they would make their offense basically like a wildcat system, right? So versatility is the biggest thing you're getting with Jaden Lamar. I agree that him and Cedric Irvin Jr. have a little bit of a similar back, um, similar style. Right. But I really, I really think that Jane Lamar is just a little bit more athletic, which I think he has just yeah. a higher upside at the next level. What I'm referring to when I compare them is is how you're going to use them, how they're going to fit into the offense, what they do, what their what their skill set is, how they fit, the role, all that kind of stuff is the same. Except for, like I said, I think Jaden's just a better player. It's no disrespect to Cedric Irvin Jr. He just was not a guy that we felt was a needle moving back and I and I don't think Cedric is necessarily a needle moving back what I think he does is he gives you a very he gives you a very natural runner who my thing that I've said about him Ryan is I don't think he's necessarily great at anything but I think he's good at everything and and that's if I'm going to break his game down that's how I would break it down is sure you know there are other backs that are bigger you know like we talk about Jeremiah Love right and we'll talk about him later he's far more explosive and and this kid isn't isn't like the super sudden like Kyron was. It's very similar. I think he's quicker than than some people in our chat have given him him credit for. But he's got vision. He's got a feel for the game. He's got all those type of things. Was very productive. Over fifteen hundred yards last year against quality competition. I think he was close to twenty touchdowns. Right, for, uh, total touchdowns. He was close 20, to twenty total touchdowns. Twenty three. Twenty three touchdowns. As coach told me today. So, yeah, and then he season. had like almost four hundred receiving yards. A lot of the work he does is kind of out of the backfield. But then you watch him at seven on sevens, and he's running routes and you know running corner routes. But again, seven on sevens different than doing pads on. So until I see him do those things with pads on. I'm not going to view him as as a Kyron Williams type in that regard because Kyron, we watched him do that with pads on. He was a thousand yard wide receiver as a sophomore, and, and so it's a little bit of a different a different animal. But the the comparison to Kyron is similar body type, although Jaden's taller and thick. You know, a li- little bit thicker than Kyron was. Kyron was kind of stout. You know, he's a little bit more muscular, I should say, is what I'm trying to say than Kyron was. And just the comparison more so is the fit into the offense, but more so I never loved anything about Kyron Williams game. And still to this day, I, there's nothing that he's just great at. 
is in regard to being a, a pure running back, but he's just good everywhere. You know, good speed, and that—that's going to be the interesting thing for him as a senior. Ryan is, mm-hmm. does the testing speed, electronic four five three, start to show up better on film? Because that's the one thing I don't see on film relative to the testing is that breakaway speed. Because four five three electronic, if that's legit, is fast yeah. for a high school junior. I mean, that's a full oh, ten over a tenth of a second faster than what Kyron Williams ran after three years at Notre Dame and two months training for the combine. Sure. Right. And so I think that's kind of, you know, where you see, I just, I don't see that, that level of just long speed yet, but Mm -hmm. I see quickness. I see the explosiveness. I see the hands. I see the vision. I see the feel for the game. And when you're running behind a Harry Heastan offensive line, you don't have to be Leonard Fournette. You don't have to be you know, I mean, pick a pick a great running back that's out there. You don't have to be Brees Hall. You don't have to be those guys. You just have to be a guy that knows how to play, knows how to make reads, and and will play with some toughness. And and, and Florida football scout just let us know, Brian. Actually, we're at Brian Smith on here soon. A kid's tough. You know, he he's got yeah. some power. So, um, good and a good fit for what Notre Dame does on offense, in my opinion. Well, I, I think the thing that made Kyron so good, and we're going to stick with that comparison for a second, is the fact that he was just such a competitive dude. And I think that translated to his running style, his his energy that he put onto the field, and then also his ability as a pass blocker. I'll tell you this, Brian, when I talked to his coach today, Jaden Lamars, the thing that he applauded most about him was his effort as a pass blocker. He said mm-hmm. that that is – and that's something that you don't see on film, right? Because right. he's not going to put that on a huddle highlight reel. Right. But this kid just does everything very well. And you could tell even when he was answering that, he's not like a showy person where he's going to talk a lot about how great he is. But you can tell there's a subtle confidence there, right? right? And I think that that's kind of – I think that's kind of where mm-hmm. the comparison lays. I feel like he's a very confident kid in what he does. So I, I think it's a really mm-hmm. good pickup for Notre Dame. The, the 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 story is interesting, Ryan, like how it got here. You know, I think he liked Notre Dame and he liked Lance Taylor. I don't know if I would have said I felt Notre Dame was a school that was going to land him at that time, however. Right. And Dylan McCullough comes in. There's a brief period of, okay, let me look at the board, see what we got. And it was pretty quick. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was a week, two weeks from the time he was hired. It was pretty quick that it was like, yeah, okay, Jade Lamar's a guy that I want. And zeroed in on him. And, and even with – Jeremiah Love on the board and even with Cedric Irvin already committed and even with, you know, obviously they were still trying to recruit Richard Young and there's other backs, you know, Justice Haynes and all those kind of guys that have been on the board. This is a guy that from, like I said, very quickly upon getting in there, looking at the film, figuring out who he wants, was a guy that Dylan McCullough prioritized and said, that's a guy that I want to add to this class. And they got it done, but it wasn't, it was, it was a, it was an interesting recruitment, you know, because there was a long time between he had last visited and when he, committed to Notre Dame. I mean, because when know. he visited in April, he had been on campus since the fall, right? If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, since the game in the fall. Yeah. He's a lot like Devin Houston in that oh, he gave you no- took it, man. I was going to say his recruitment re- he it reminded me a lot oh. of Devin Houston's recruitment. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because it was just a long break from visit to commitment. Didn't make another visit, but for what you know, but Notre Dame hit all the right chords right. And, and from the you know the the zoom meetings and the phone calls and the face interact, like all those types of things, they knocked it out of the park without getting him back on campus. So I thought there was a lot of parallels to the Devin Houston and it was even more impressive because the visit time 
to commitment time was even a longer stretch. Right. So man, right. really because impressive. He, and he committed color. before getting back on campus. Like where at least Devin right. Houston committed where, you know, Marcus Freeman was the head coach. Al Washington had been hired. I think the only coach that hadn't been hired yet when Devin Houston visited in January was Al Golden, I believe. Right. And so it's a similar situation here where Jaden gave Notre Dame a silent commitment. And I think that's part of the reason he didn't want to necessarily go public right away is because let me get on campus. Let me make sure this is this is this is cool. This fits. This works and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I won't be surprised if we see like a cool video come out at some point in time, too, from from some things I was told. But we'll see if that if that pans out or not here moving forward. But. You know, this is a kid, Ryan. It has some ability, has some talent. I want to, I, I want to, I, I think that's important too. And I, I think it, it's in, it's an interesting note. I was trying to find this last night, and this is one of those many, many times that I wish Loose Emoji was still with us because this used to be just something I could figure out with a quick phone call. I know it's been a while, at least since the Rivals era started. Notre Dame has not signed very many Washington kids at all. I mean, you think back to like Carlos Pierre Anton way back in the day, but like they, they, Kavari Russell, I believe, was the only Washington kid that Notre Dame actually landed up until Tobias Merriweather last year, I believe. And now they've gotten a Washington kid in back to back years. And this is smart recruiting by Notre Dame is go to places that produce talented players, because we've talked about this before. The state of Washington is, it, it produces good players, it doesn't necessarily produce, a lot of players, but it's producing good players. And they've produced several five-star caliber kids. We had Tobias Merriweather at uh, at uh, SIL American and at Irish Breakdown as a top 50 national player. Ohio State got a five-star receiver from, from, from uh, Washington the year prior. There's the Savelle Smalls kid who's a five-star kid who stayed in home in Washington. But when a team like that is down, you need to take advantage. And go get some of those kids. And right now, Washington is down. And that's something that, that that I'm not saying this to rub it into Antoine's face, but that's something that Mark D'Antoni and his staff did a great job of at Michigan State. Is during that time when it was like the Rich Rod and the Brady Hoke era, that's when Michigan State ascended because they took advantage of the dysfunction and landed some kids that they normally wouldn't have got in state and in Ohio and places like that. And Notre Dame is taking advantage while they can of being able to get that kind of player. And and so this is now back-to-back years, despite not having signed a single Washington kid in the previous, I think, 15 years, or one in 15 years, Kavari Russell. It's the only one that I can remember in, in the last 15, 20 years. I think going all the way back to Carlos Pierre-Anton, I'm sure somebody could, could, could find that out for me. But you now get him in back-to-back years. And both skill players. I think is, I think is important. And then of course, keeping them off the West coast and things like that. So uh, that's another interesting angle to this, this whole thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Somebody said Lake Washington, Lake Dawson was from Washington. His brother, Lewis, who signed their name also is from Washington, but that's going back to the nineties. Carlos Pierre Anton was after that. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since they've been able to have this kind of success in the state of Washington. No, I think it's a great point, Brian. You know, you have to take advantage when the when the premier programs are. I'm, I mean, let's take a step back, I guess, from calling Washington a premier program, but they are a program that dominates in their state because they are the best football in their state, typically, right? right? So it's, it's a big program. I mean, it, yeah. look, they've won a national championship team. since the last time Notre Dame won a championship. They've won That's one fair. since then, right? That's I fair. mean, for they're a they're one of the three or four, in my opinion, best West Coast programs. How about that? They're not a yeah. national power, but they're definitely mm-hmm. a regional 
powerhouse. Yeah. This, is, this isn't like beating a kid Arizona for a kid in Arizona, right? right? I mean, that's 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 my point when I talk about it. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And, and Washington produces talent, so there's obviously players that are going to the University of Washington. So totally get that. But I mean, it's it goes the same regionally, right? Like it's it's like the Texas thing that we keep talking about, right? It, while this while the state of Texas teams right now, University of Texas, Texas Tech, Tex, Texas A and M to a degree, like when those teams aren't premier, you also got to go into the state of Texas, right? And, and I know Florida is going to be a tougher animal to consistently get a lot of volume of players from, but right now the state of Florida is down from a team to team perspective to a degree, right? I know that everyone's excited about Mario Cristobal down there coming in and doing the recruiting prowess that he has, but until they, until they turn it around, it's still a little bit down. So I, I think that right now getting out there, like you said, getting some West coast talent, because you're going to, you're going to think, at least in my opinion, with USC now getting Lincoln Riley and heading in a better direction, it's going to be a little tougher to get kids out of California comparative to a couple year, a couple recent years, right? So getting a kid out of Washington, a premier back-to-back years, I think is paramount. I think it is. You have to you have to take advantage of when programs are down. I think that that's right. especially especially when you're Notre Dame that recruits nationally. Like that is a paramount thing for me. Right. And then now all of a sudden that helps you with your ability to have success in the future when maybe that if Washington does get better. And it is a little harder because let, let's be honest, Washington was a pain in Notre Dame's behind for a few years during a Brian Kelly tenure. And this isn't a shot at Brian Kelly. I mean, Jimmy Lake was hard to beat for kids out there. Not just not just Washington kids like Kyler Gordon, but they beat him for Asa Turner, who was from California. They beat him for, you know, Trent, they weren't ever, Notre Dame was never like the number two school for Trent McDuffie, but they tried to get in there with him and he wasn't at all interested and it ends up going to Washington. So uh, there's, there's been a, they've had trouble getting those kids. I think Josh Garnett was from the state of Washington and he was a kid that Notre didn't, Dame wanted, but didn't they, um, didn't they like that Ir- Irvin kid, the safety? Yes. Too, Cedric Irvin. But yeah. he was from California, I believe. And he it. went to Washington and he actually committed. He, if I remember, he was going to commit to Notre Dame or did commit to Notre Dame at one point in time. We're going to bring Brian Smith in here into this conversation. But, you know, like you said, it's not going to be a volume Washington's not going to have a high volume of players, but and people are talking about some of the guys that Notre Dame has got from there. But there, there's just there's Kavari Russell being one. There's good skill players there, and if you can get a kid or two a year, that's a good place to go, in my opinion. And so, Ryan, we were talking. So you had Kavari Russell in 2013, Tobias Merriweather last year. Last guy I remember them getting from Washington was Carlos Pierre Anton. Prior to that, I can't remember anybody except the Dawson brothers, Lewis and Lake Dawson. I can't remember, and they were a couple years apart, I believe, but I can't remember Notre Dame getting back-to-back kids from the state of Washington in my lifetime, you know, that I can that I can remember. Um there's there's been a lineman or two. Um the kid that played you know, like 94 to 96, something like that. One of the Parsegian family or somebody that was related. Um but that's been forever yeah. ago. Yeah, they, for whatever reason, the Northwest has not been a priority. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that it's loaded, right. but to not get anybody is kind of odd because Notre Dame is such a national program. Yeah. I'm not sure what that stems from. It's pretty interesting, actually. I, and I, you know, obviously there just hasn't been a huge attraction to, I mean, Notre Dame has tried to recruit there. I, there. I mean, you have to give the staff some credit. I mean, they went out there and tried to get some guys. They tried to get after Savelle Smalls and hmm, – did some things maybe they shouldn't have, which got one of the coaches a little slap on the wrist. 
But the Pacific Northwest has added, you know, now this is going to be the third kid of the last five years that they've got from the Pacific Northwest, if you want to include Brayden Lindsey, who is from the state of Oregon. So, that's who I was going to mention. Right. Yeah. So that, that's three pretty good football players when you look at uh, Brayden Lindsey plus Tobias Merriweather and now Jade Lamar. So anytime you can get – and, and Brian, you and I have talked about this before – the more you add from a region, the easier it is to continue to add to the region. And you've now got two really good football players from that state in back-to-back years. Again, this isn't some sleeper kid that nobody's ever heard of. This is the best running back in the state. Last year, you got the best wide receiver in the state. You add kids like that, then next year, if there's a kid next year that you're trying to go after, then it's going to make right. it a little bit easier for you. That's that's especially true where I live. And, I, and for those people who don't know, I live in Tampa. Florida kids are the most unique in the country by a landslide. But even in areas that are more pro Notre Dame, it's always cool because I, I know these kids tell me this stuff when they're being recruited, pick a school, Notre Dame or otherwise. If there's a kid they know at that school, there's going to be some connection made and say, hey, what do you think? Maybe it's mm-hmm. they call them directly. They find out Twitter or whatever. So if you have three or four or five when the next kid comes along, especially if he's not quote unquote as likely to pick Notre Dame, at least there's a connection. If you try to get that top five national player and you have nobody on your roster from his area, even if you're Alabama, that's hard. They want to know what it's like to live in Tuscaloosa. So Notre Dame is making some inroads there and it's probably in some ways going to help them with some of the Northern California kids, maybe even LA, because it's still West Coast, and they all associate with being Pac-12 area players. So, I'm never against recruiting California. So that's something else to think about right. too. And there's some kids from Washington. I know Notre Dame would like to get in on this year. Caleb Presley's a kid they're still oh. trying on and just haven't had a ton of success with them. You know, Josiah oh. Wagner's a kid that they just yeah. recently offered from the state of California. So, yeah. so maybe may getting a Jaden Lamar is enough to at least convince with J- Tobias Mailer <laughs> is enough to at least convince Caleb Presley to visit again. You know, I mean. That's kind of how it goes. And when you look at Washington, for example, we were talking about the NFL access or the NFL production. You know, again, I'm going to look off the – I believe this is based off 2020 rosters is the latest data that I've been able to find. But there was 18 kids from the state of Washington which have been produced, which, again, not high volume. But here's the kids that – here's a, here's a list of some of the guys the state has produced. Buda Baker, Desmond Trufant, Kavari Russell, Zach Banner, Danny Shelton, Miles Jack, Cooper Cup, Jermaine uh, Curse, David DeCastro. So some pretty impact players and a lot of high draft picks. So, again, when you can get the best kids from that state, they're going to produce some NFL kids <coughs> every year. It, it's not a ton, but they're going to produce NFL kids. And Notre Dame, in my opinion, has got one for sure from last year. And then, you know, just seeing how – look, I'll say this. Am I projecting – Jay Lamar to be an NFL draft pick. I'm not, I'm not right now. I view him as like a top 250 caliber kid right now. And we'll get into his film here in a little bit more. But he's he's further along than where I thought Kyron Williams was at the time when he was being recruited as a junior as a pure running back. And so if the kid's willing to work, and as, as Ryan pointed out before he joined the show, Brian, kid's confident. He's athletic and confident. And that's a real nice combination at running back. I'll, I'll take a kid like him, especially for the spread offense. I posted this in the chat. Catches the ball well. He's running between the tackles. There was a couple of plays I was watching his highlights a minute ago. He literally like ran over kids. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, those people have mothers too. <laughs> and it's a speed gear that's, uh, it was bad. Mm-hmm. And there's a speed gear that some kids just don't reach. And when he hits, he's, he's, 
especially in the state of Washington, yeah, they, they can walk off the field. They're not going to catch him. So he's going to be an effective college running back. I just hope that they find a niche for him early because I didn't realize how good his hands were. I don't know if I've forgotten or what, but he really catches the ball well, and he's not afraid of contact. There's always a place for a running back like that in a spread offense. Ryan, thoughts on any final thoughts before we dive into the film? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just one thing, uh, Brian, I, I was talking, well, Smitty, I was talking to Brian before you came on, and it, it, when I was talking to Lamar's head coach today, he was just telling me that the most impressive thing about him that's not going to show up on a highlight tape is that he's an excellent pass blocker. So you're talking oh, about really? the spread off. Yeah, you're talking about the spread offense fit, man. If you can pass block, you can catch, oh, and you can run between yeah. the tackles, you can play, man. So I'm all there for it. I, I can't yep. remember the last time a high school coach told me his running back was good in pass protection. That's like the Damn. automatic fail. So that's great to hear. It might explain why Dylan McCullough likes him. I mean, they, and, and again, you've got oh, a running man. back, running backs coach who's done a pretty good job identifying not highly ranked guys and that turn out to be really good football players. True. Yep. And, uh, you know, in a, in a good skill set. So, hey, guys, let's let's bring up the film. So let's watch a little bit of film here and and let you guys do most of the talking here. But just want to dive up the uh, – here we go again, this nonsense. Let's see here. I got to I gotta change my system preferences apparently, so just give me a second, everybody, because uh, Google, when I uh, – we lost power the other day. Ryan, I told you about that, right? When the, yeah. when the knuckleheads from Indiana Power – Brian, I'll have to tell you this story here one of these days. But, yeah, they basically came over – and turned our power off because they were switching over the meter and uh, without calling us and telling us. And Angela and I both, as you know, work from home. So that was not well received. Uh, and the uh, breaking oh, of my fence in the backyard uh, was even especially not well Fantastic. received. So Fantastic. I had right. some really uh, interesting phone calls that I had to make. <laughs> so um, some people uh, – some people heard some things from me. They heard some things from me. So you're just going to have to bear with me a second. Actually, let's just try it this way. All right. Let's see if it works this way because we were just sharing a second ago. There we go. Okay, we're just going to try it a different way. All right. So let's watch some Jaden Lamar film, everybody. And I think, again, I think the first thing you're going to notice, I really like his feet. I don't think he's a super sudden guy, but I think he's a very nimble guy with very good balance. That's the first thing that stands out for me. Mm-hmm. Short strider. Yeah, I, I think I think he's that. a I think he's about very natural inside zone runner. I think he's got really quick feet, like you said. I think he's got good vision. I think he just kind of navigates space really well. He understands mm-hmm. how to uh, sift through traffic really well inside, which is surprising because he's not the biggest guy in the world. But I think he's a right. really successful inside runner. He's listed at five eleven. I still don't see that. I have not seen that as he's I've like, watched this like, kid. He's like five nine and, and a half, half. Five, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. Running back, I'm not concerned. If, you know, yeah. I bet with his athleticism, he can still dunk a basketball. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that stands out to me too is like you know you you look at like a guy like Jeremiah Love. Jeremiah Love's taller, thicker, far more explosive. But the thing about about Jaden is with Jeremiah, there's a lot to still learn about playing running back. This kid is a very natural football player. Like you see him. He's patient when he needs to be patient, and then he can put his foot in the ground and explode vertical. But th- there's a lot to be said for finding these kids that can just – they just know how to play. The The position is just natural to them, mm-hmm. and that's what you need. The The vision is there. You see it even with that cut. But when I refer to vision, I'm referring to the ability to, 
to to see the anticipate the second level defender, read the first level defenders, and get the ball out there. You know, those are things that you you really like about this guy. That's a nice acceleration right there. It is after getting yanked back. He he sees that thing and splits it quick. I think he's going to be really nice in the screen game as well, which he's utilized at Lake Stevens a ton too. Cause again, I think that he just, he has a really good knack for, for navigating space. And I just, I think he has just a really good peripheral vision and just seeing what's in front of him and what's developing around him. And that's that balance I'm talking about, right? Like this is not a touchdown if you're playing against Alabama, but it is a five yard game. You know, that's the thing, that balance right there. Uh, and he just keeps keeps putting forward. And Brian, that's Brian. What you talk about is like he didn't run anybody over there, but that's good strength. I mean, he just he just runs right through that stuff, keeps that leg that the, the legs really churning, keeps working forward, gets into the end zone, and he acts like he's been there before. Which I always love. He seems like a pretty mature kid. Like he didn't do all the hat baloney and stuff right. like that. He just yeah. I'm going to Notre Dame. I, I like the fact that he comes from that background. Does nobody in this league like study film? How many times are they going to burn him with this screen? It's the same. It's like they do the same thing every time. And it's like nobody's prepared it's for it. I mean, it's just, That's just bad. A, just, a halfback, <laughs> just a halfback middle screen, man. It's not yes. fancy. Yes. You know? Like that right there, like this is what I'm referring to. Like I just don't see the Oof. four, five, three speed that people talk about. But that's okay. I mean, it's he's still got he's still plenty fast. But I also wonder, Brian. Because we had that, we 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 liked Jalen J. Janarian Price's speed as a junior, but it wasn't like, oh wow, home run. It's like, hey, look, he's got plenty of speed, but he's not a super super explosive guy. Well, then when you went and saw him as a senior, that was based off junior film. But when you went and saw him as a senior, you know, we found out then that yeah, he was he was injured all year last year. He just played through it, and that's why he wasn't explosive. I'm like, oh okay, makes sense. And then as a senior, you see that explosiveness, and of course, as a freshman at Notre Dame, so far he's been incredibly explosive so you know maybe there's something like that there with Jaden too that, that's a really nice read and cut yep his ability to make a cut in close quarters is going to serve him very very well with mm-hmm. the inside zone and stuff like that he, he's going to grind out yards that other backs would not yep you know I think he's a little more he's he's a little I mean we keep comparing him to Kyron Williams but I think Kyron kind of always played as a more like Adorable finish forward type of back, like a very slippery dude. I, I really think that this kid is just a little more natural, at least at this age, of just kind of reading things in front of him into the side of him. Like I think he just has kind of a knack for understanding when to cuts, where the second level defender is going to be, where's where's the replacement defender to that second level defender. Like I think he just has a knack for playing the position, and that's a nice little finish to the run there. Yeah, yeah that's one of those children that his mother's unhappy. Yeah. And there's uh, someone in the chat talking about how he's slow. He's not slow. Like oh, no, if we're if we're if we're having like real discussions here, there's a difference between not being fast and being slow. It's not slow. <laughs> if you, if you look at his offer list, it would not include those institutions right. if he was quote unquote <laughs> right. slow. From Washington conversation. Right. Also, no. speed is one of the more overrated aspects of being a very good college running back. Cardinal Williams right now is four seven. Yep. Yeah. His vision and his ability to catch the ball is going to get him in the lineup in some capacity. What was it McCullough said he needed a, a third down back, a guy that can pass block, et cetera. This guy checks more than one box. Yeah. So he's got a chance to play in multiple packages right. in multiple situations. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't have to – he could be a really good situational back, but he doesn't have to just be – to your point, Brian, Correct. he doesn't have to just be a situational back. He can be a an every down back. This this is what I'm talking about. This isn't, this isn't slow. This is patience. 
Like, okay, where's the hole? Okay, now let me hit it. Okay, bam, let me find that cut and get vertical. Since what some people t- need to understand about being a running back is sometimes if you're going as fast as you can the moment you get the ball, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Randy Kinder, how you doing? Yep. <laughs> there you go. That's that's that, Those are nice ball skills on that wheel yeah. right there, too, finishing through yep. contact. That was pretty nice. Good concentration through the catch. He reminds me a little bit of Mike Hart. Interesting. Yeah. Similar body type coming out of high school. Absolutely. He's got some really impressive brand. I don't know if you've seen it, but he's got some really impressive seven on seven film as like a slot. He'll catch some stuff out of the backfield, but also as a slot tracks that deep ball really well right there. Well, that's something I was going to ask you. I have not watched his seven on, but I mean, I was, I go to more of those than I'd like to admit. If you can catch like that again, that's just another way to find yourself on the gridiron. And this just in Notre Dame is not exactly deep at wide receiver right now. Right. So. Here's another thing, too. If you're not a natural pass catcher, this is actually harder than those balls he was where he had to slow up and turn his hips for. Tracking a ball over your shoulder is one of the harder things to do if you don't have natural ball skills. Yeah. And there he he does. It's quite the main on that kid, a little quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was a freshman from what the coach yeah. said, the quarterback. And you said, Ryan, he also has a freshman brother who rushed for over 10 touchdowns on that, on that team. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Smitty, get this one. Apparently, uh, Jaden ran for like 23 touchdowns this year. His younger brother, who was a freshman last year, ran for 14 as well. So Something tells me the brother has nice some athleticism as well. That's quite a few for a kid that's 14, yeah. 15 years old. Yep. There, there, there's a little Chiron-esque stiff arm there. This is uh... – this is a well-rounded player. I yeah. don't see how anybody could be disappointed with Notre Dame picking this game. Yeah, this is another one, Ryan, too, guys. That I, Again, this is where you see he doesn't have – I don't see the 4-5 on this play either, right? Like I, I just – Get in the corner, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, I don't see the burst. Right. He's got a better vertical burst than he does, you know, that speed to just get to the perimeter. Right. Yeah. Which, he again, I'm, I'm very curious to kind of see – yeah, I'm curious how, how he sees as a senior. You know, is he a kid that just got faster as a senior? You know, and so you're seeing the four fives this offseason, and we'll see it more as a senior on film. Or some guy, but see, look, Brian, you know this too, especially down in Florida. There's a lot of kids that, that are really fast in track that don't play fast in football. Yeah, because they're scared know? to death. Right. Yeah. And then vice versa, you know, or, or and sometimes not scared to get it's just different skill set, you know, and some guys just can't run as fast out of a stance as they can out of the blocks. Strange, but it happens from time to time. And, and with it, with this with this level of pay, yeah. So the backstory, real quick, before I make my point, is that their quarterback got injured multiple times during the season. So Jaden oh. was the player that the coach staff trusted to kind of be that replacement quarterback. So they went to a wildcat system a ton, and this team made it to the state championship this yeah. year too. So they were a good football team. This is this is probably the most explosive to the corner I've seen him. Yeah, he put his foot in the ground there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was in the playoffs, too, when he was playing quarterback. So that was probably against a decent team that he just had mm-hmm. that run against. So, Does anybody know what his number two choice was, just out of curiosity? Uh, my under, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know that for a fact. My, uh, my understanding is it was either it was Michigan or Oregon were the next two mm-hmm. that he was looking at. I don't know which one was above which. Well, that answer leads into the following, and to your earlier point, it's why Notre Dame needs to at least kick the tires on the top five players in that state over the next couple mm-hmm. of years. For Washington not to finish in the top three for arguably the best player in the state is 
a bad sign for their program. It's, it's very yeah. telling. Very it's, that's sad, actually. But as, you, as you'll know, Brian, the people that cover Washington, as they say about every other kid that they don't get, well, they just didn't uh, want him. Here we they go. just didn't want him. Yeah. Like, okay, that's actually a worse admission than they just didn't get him. Like, okay, so you're also bad at evaluating talent as well? <laughs> you know, that doesn't really help your case a whole ton. So that is that is film of Jade Lamar, everybody. Good running back. That's the thing. Is like, is this a, oh my gosh, the gap is closing type of player? No. What this does is this gives you another good football player to make sure that your room as a whole is closing the gap. And it continues what we feel about the current running back group. I, I don't think there's a future Heisman Trophy winner on the current roster. And if there is, it's the freshman, right? Just with his unique skill set. It's just a lot of good football players that have you that have comparable skill sets and that's that's the key right and 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 he's another one of those guys and i and i like the fact that when you look at the other backs they're looking at and we kind of transition into the what's next right so as we look at the what's next aspect of running back recruiting at notre dame there's really two players on the board as of right now now there's some other guys that i've heard that maybe they're talking to is like let's see how it goes here and all that kind of thing because they would like a second back in this class but the top two on the board right now are Jeremiah Love and Richard Young. And if you look at the trio, right, and, and we'll talk about where things stand in a second. We're just going to talk about where they are as players in the fit. If somehow Notre Dame were to pull off one of the biggest recruiting upsets of the last 20 years, in my opinion, and get Richard Young, which I think we would all agree on that, right, if we're being honest, that would give them and get Jeremiah Love, it would give them three uniquely different players. Richard Young is more of a big, thick, every down, big time back. Jaden is the you know third down, can also be a first and second down back, gives you the pass catching, the pass blocking, the ability to catch out of the backfield. And then Jeremiah Love is your Dexter Williams. He's your guy that only needs seven carries to get to 100 yards. Remember how Dex was in 2017? You know, he had, you know, I think he was like 36 carries and like 360-some yards. You know, it was like nine point something per carry. That's Jeremiah Love. And it is it is interesting when you combine the three of them is it, it, it does give me a similar feel to a better version of what Notre Dame had in 2017 when you had when you had Tony when you had Josh Adams as your guy you had Tony Jones Jr. who was kind of your do it all guy and then you had Dexter Williams who was your home run hitter right and you have that kind of unique combination of skills that trio would do it but at the same time if you only get two of them you're still getting complementary players so. Jeremiah Love is interesting because he's a guy that Notre Dame was looking at from a from the standpoint of we're just going to recruit him as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And because we just like him, you can't turn down that six one, you can't turn down that speed, you can't turn down that playmaking ability, and we need to have more success in St. Louis. That's the that's the thought process for Notre Dame. Which check 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 in agreement, right? All of it. So you recruit him. Well, now that Cedric Irvin's not in the class. Now you can talk to Jeremiah Love is like, no, now we get a chance to play where we really like you the best, which right. is running back. We get to start you where we like you the best, which is running back. And I think that's certainly going to help their recruitment. And then you look at what the potential one-two punch was of Cedric Irvin and 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 Jer- Jaden Lamar. I still think it would have been tough to convince Jeremiah Love to come here to Notre Dame in that scenario. I think as much as he likes Notre Dame, it's, I still think he wants to be a running back. And I think it'd be tough to convince him of that. And I think it would have, that would have been the one thing that maybe could have hurt their chances. 
But now you look at it and you say, okay, now you talk about it. And the thing I didn't love about that one-two punch is I feel Cedric Irvin and Jaden Lamar are basically the same guy, except Jaden's a little better. But they bring very similar skills to the table. Brian, you've seen Cedric in person. I mean, are they different guys? Do they bring a whole lot different to the table? Or they, to me, they're very similar players as far as the impact they're going to have on the depth chart and the roles that they're going to have in the offense. Um, Lamar is definitely stronger. Um, I didn't realize how much potency he had in the upper body. Um, Cedric has more speed than I thought, but of course I'd seen him last fall. Then I went to a practice a couple weeks ago. He can scoot, but he just doesn't have the upper body power and he's not a traditional running back. He's, he's a spread running back and a guy you put in the swap. Now, Which is the same role that Jaden Lamar is basically going to be playing. But he's just offense. between the tackles, Jaden's right. going to be a better player right. for college. But that's kind yeah. of my point, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You're not going to use Jaden on things and then use Cedric for something completely different. They're no. kind of the same guy, right? Yeah. And that's kind of my point is where when you look at Jaden Lamar and now if you're able to land Jeremiah Love and put those two together, and if you're not on the message board, you need to get on there because we had a really long update the other day and we had some interesting Jeremiah Love stuff in there. But you add those two guys together, now all of a sudden you've got a shifty, slotty type of running back that can be effective between the tackles, who to me can be a 12 to 15 carry per game guy. I think Jane Lamar, Brian, to your point, he's got that thick lower body. Yeah. He's going to keep filling out. He's, he can be a, a, a plus touch guy. And then you've got Jeremiah Love, who is that guy that he only needs 10 touches to do what other guys do on 15, right? And he brings some length and some different skills to the table. And you see a much better one-two punch with that duo than what you what you would have seen with an Irvin Lamar duo. And I think that just gives them a chance for an even better running back depth chart or running back class, I should say, in 2023 than you would have. Even though Cedric Irvin's a you know four-star caliber recruit and a nice player that that I liked, but he just was he was always going to be the lowest ranked guy in the class. I can't say that that's going to be true of, of Jaden Lamar. And I, I know that's not true because I'm already going to have him ranked ahead of at least one guy in the class right now. So I think this sets up the potential. The move of Lamar of Urban coming out of the class and adding Lamar gets you back to 13, but your 13 now is better than what your 13 was a week ago, in my opinion. Um, quick note as a sidebar to the state of Washington, Philip Riley did live up there for a while. He was there for a year or two. That's right. He kind of lived all over the place. That's right. His, yeah, but he his played his stepdad's his military. Soft, when was the last year in Washington? Was it sophomore or junior year? Sophomore oh. years? He moved down here by me about 30 minutes from where I live, beginning of his junior year, and he had zero offers. Nobody knew who he was. Into the year, he had like 35. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously there's like, Richard Young, right? Richard I, Young's the last I, part of this one. I him. could do an hour show on Richard Young. Literally nobody's seen him more than me, and yeah. I know him well. Um, that is not normal. Here's, here's the scary part. When I went to see him a couple weeks ago, it was right before Notre Dame started recruiting him. Of course, it's Florida. Three o'clock, what's it do? It rains. It lightning as soon as frickin' practice starts. Richard, myself, and some other people go inside, and they're working on film. They're changing their whole set of what they're going to do. He hadn't been coached all that great, and they were changing everything because they didn't like anything they were doing, and he's arguably the best running back, power back in the country, and doing everything wrong. So his eyes were down when he got the ball, wrong angled, hadn't been taught how to catch the ball. You can see him like reaching for the ball on high school oh, film. Just, you know, I yeah. mean, he, lots of things. So unfortunately for the uh, players in that area of Fort Myers, you're going to get run over more next year. So good luck to you. 
Um, Richard is motivated as a kid as I've ever seen. I, I watched him squat 490 when he was 15. So he's he's literally nobody was near the rack. He was by himself. So he is very, very motivated. Kid's a freak, man. He's a freak. Yeah. He is just he's a scarily built player for his yeah. age. Like, he, he looks, looks like, like he's a college elite. senior. He doesn't look like yeah. he leaves the leaves the um, weight room. Like he's just yeah. that type of dude. He That's was crazy. the exact same thing, eight or nine pounds less when he was 15, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. He was one ninety when he was fifteen. Was zero by fat. <laughs> he's yeah. he is he is an ex- strong explosive dude to say the least. He's got pretty yeah. good speed too. I'm surprised. I was like, oh, he can he can he can he's, scoot a little. He bit. doesn't have a first step gear yet. That's one thing he's working on. But once he takes that second step, if he's going north south, you're yeah. making business decisions as a tackler. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that from a vertical. Him run through the hole. Oof. That, yeah. that, well, that's yeah. that's one thing that him and him and Jeremiah Love both have is I don't think Love has the most sudden first step either. But when he gets to his second gear, he can. Fly. Oh yeah, yeah, Love. You can punch the ticket there, buddy. You can strike up the band. Yeah, it's it's six. So, yeah, I, not many people are like Richard though with the power with that speed. That's that's why he had thirty offers before his sophomore year or some crap like that. It was ridiculous. So, so speaking of Jeremiah Love. What I would like to do now is I would actually like to bring up his film so we can kind of look at it and just kind of sh- talk about that comparison between the two players when you look at him compared to a Jade Lamar. Because I think we would all agree that Notre Dame's best chance at getting a second pack in this class is Jeremiah Love. And uh, that's not exactly what I would call a consolation prize. But I think he's built very much like Josh Adams. Ryan, you talked about this in our, our last show. I think he right. runs more like CJ Procise, a little bit shiftier than, than Josh was. But he's a really he, – he, it's hard not to think Josh Adams a lot when you watch him play, when you see the explosiveness and all that. I just – I think there's a little bit more elusiveness and also the positional flexibility is why I like the C.J. Procise. But it just as a pure running back, Brian, I think your Josh Adams comparisons make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, he's just a little bit he's – a, he's a high-legged kid, right, that has long strides, and he can absolutely fly. Like, that's the comparison. He's going to be 6'1", maybe 6'1", and even some change and. I think he's going to be 215 before you know, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a power bag. Like this is a one cut and go. This is like an outside zone runner who has home run speed. That's what I see with Jeremiah Love. Right. And that's why, and I think the Josh Adams comparisons are good. Josh wasn't exactly a powerful back either. He's a lot like those 2017 backs. Now this is all against DeSmet Jesuit. These last two long runs, this is against DeSmet Jesuit. So, I mean, there's like at least two to three division one defensive backs and defensive players on that roster. And he's just ripping them. He's 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 a pretty good football player. Very expo- and thing is the thing about Jeremiah is he's still very to me still kind of new to running back. And obviously, twenty twenty was kind of cut short because of COVID. Twenty nineteen, he actually played more defense than he did running than he did offense. Yep. And then this past season, he was splitting carries with a kid who I think he was a one double A kid. I, I think is where he went the run, the starting running back on their team. I believe went to a one double A school. I could be wrong on that. I could be having to confuse somebody else. But now this year you expect Jeremiah to be more of the guy. But Ryan, he, Brian, I don't know if you are familiar with the stats. See, that's that's the this play right here is this isn't something that Josh Adams really did. You know where when if you got to Josh in the backfield, it was going to be a tackle for loss. I mean that's just that was just the reality of it. I think this is why I really like Jeremiah. But Brian, he had almost a thousand yards as a junior and didn't 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 have a, a hundred carries. He had less than 100 carries and still had over 900, almost 1,000 yards last year. Yeah. 
It was almost 11 yards of carry. It was just yeah. ridiculous. And when some I talked those, to some of those cuts right there are just one foot in the ground too. That's a great sign. And that's what I like about that's why I think the CJ comparison works the best for me is that right there. Again, Josh Adams, as good as he was, can't do that. He just doesn't have that. He's Josh is a lot was a lot more leg than I think, even though there's heights not too different. Josh just was this kid has more torso. And Josh had very long legs, and that's not exactly an ideal thing for a running back, in my opinion. That's why you don't see a lot of six-two backs. He's a very sudden back, very sudden. Mm -hmm. I think his upside is tremendous too, because like you said, I want I want to see what type of numbers he puts up this year as the as the guy, right? And another year and a full year under his belt now. Yes, you're 100 right. Exactly. And if you see pictures of him, he was kind of a skinny kid last year. He's starting to fill out his frame too which is another thing I'm looking forward to seeing from Jeremiah Love. And there's some there's some clips. I don't know if it's in here or if in the game film that I saw, but there's some clips I have of him running like vertical routes on the outside as a receiver and, and winning one-on-one contested throws. I don't know if it's on here or if it's on the game film, but uh, we'll see here in, in a little bit if it comes up. But he, he, he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. And he's another guy that could play receiver if you need him to. And, yep. and Notre Dame had talked to him about maybe being a safety when they thought that they were going to be full – at running back, but then obviously they made the decision to – that's a nice cut right there. That's two nice cuts. Like to jump cut out and then, bam, see that and then get vertical, that's a nice play. Put the ball in the outside arm, kid. <laughs> it's a high school junior, Brian. We'll be all I right. Know, I know. Would you see that from NFL guys and D1 guys where they just get tossed true. in one hand? Like get the ball on the outside arm. Yep. Yeah, and when I talked to him before, he said, you know, I, I can be a corner, I can play safety, I can play mm-hmm. wide receiver. Like he's just that dude. Yeah. Do we really he, think that he can play corner? I he thinks he can. That's, yeah. that's what he said. That's what he said. Not well, a lot of kids tell me that down yeah. here too, but corner is The, point is, the point of is more of the willingness to do whatever is more. Uh, I like that. Point. That, that yeah. I do like. Like wherever you need me, like like that's a nice move right there. Brian, you got to watch this uh, freshman DB film. I definitely see safety. I, I don't think he's a corner either, but I definitely see safety. But he moves – He's got some. He's got some fluidity to him. There's no doubt about it. I just think he's more. His upside is greater as an offensive player. And it, normally, I'm the opposite. Smitty, you know this. I yeah. normally, if a kid's one or two, I play him on defense. Like I'm like that way with Micah Bell. I'm like that with Micah Tease. But mm-hmm. there's two kids in this class that I think are two way players that I actually like better on offense. Jeremiah Love is one. Ronan Hannafin's the other. Well, I hope they don't have to take Ronan Hannafin with. Based on who they're recruiting at linebacker, uh, that's you, another story. You mean don't have to take him a linebacker? Agree. Yeah, he's an offensive. He's more of an, a rover. He's a, he's a rover if he's on defense. But to me, uh, he's more of a Alabama's recruiting him as a safety, which is oh really? Player. Yeah, they see him as like a safety hybrid outside, like hybrid sort of rover. Oh, type they got to play him at the star position. Yeah, uh, Notre that's Dame what, wants him receiver. Yeah, huh, interesting. Yep, Notre Dame wants him at receiver, and I personally like him better on offense. And I, I was back and forth for a long time. I mean, I remember we were talking about him a couple months ago, Ryan, and I was like, yep. on Monday I like him at better at receiver. On Tuesday I like him better at safety. On Wednesday I like him better at rover. And then on Thursday he just started all over again. I've kind of zeroed in on him on offense. I think that's the position where I think he brings the most to the table when talking about Ronan Hannafin. But the point is, is these are two guys that I actually like better on offense than I do on defense even though I think they could play both. And Jeremiah Love especially, because I think Jeremiah is a bit of a project defensively. Like, there's a lot he's going to have to learn. The skills are there. It's, for me, it's more of the – it's – I just think that 
that speed and that size, because that's the difference with Micah Bell, right? Like you say, well, if you want the speed, then why don't you put Micah Bell on running back? Because Micah Bell is like a buck sixty-five. Yeah, that's not going to work out. Yeah, Jeremiah Love is is about one eighty right now. He's going to be two hundred when it's all said and done, right? If not, you know, two hundred five, two ten. Yeah, I was about to say I think he could be like two ten ish, pretty right. easy. Honestly, he's got a frame. Right. So, do we have any film of him? consistently catching the ball whether it's seven on or anything let me let me try to find that because there, there there was some, i've seen some film i don't know if it was game film or if it was i mean anybody that's six foot or over that can yeah. really run if you can catch that's that's an option yeah. i'm not saying it's glorified but in today's world where every advantage favors the wide receiver based mm-hmm. on the rule book yep I, I as, think we're, as we're chatting i will continue to look for that as we're chatting. So I, I think for me, if we're going to talk about a realistic one-two punch at running back, I feel a lot better about Notre Dame having a really good one-two punch at running back now than I did two weeks ago, just because of the potential of getting Lamar and love compared to Irvin and Lamar, in my opinion. While I'm yeah. thinking of it, um, Rico is he the next guy that's going to make an announcement or is I, I don't follow He's like the next one that has a scheduled announcement. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's going to make his decision on July 3rd. Mm-hmm. There's no way oh. in hell. There's not a decision from somebody that's on the board prior to that. Just good battery. Whether it's the public or not is. The well, that's the other thing. I said decision. Right. I did not announce anything. I could see two. Decision. I could see two receivers making a decision before Rico Flores makes a decision. I just don't think they're going to necessarily make an announcement before Rico makes an announcement. Yeah, That's publicly. Publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Here's okay. the other thing. Now that they're not getting Rodney, what guy or guys might they go after that are going to be SWATs, if at all? Well, I, mean, I don't think it played yeah, a lot. Of we, we, we talked, talked about this about a lot. I don't yeah. think they're going to force the issue with that guy. You know, I don't, well, think I don't think gonna, they should. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, can yeah. they get another shifty guy? I'm not saying it has to be Rodney. No. I think the only, the only chance could be Brian is Micah Tease. Is the only guy. And oh, I like even, now if they if they put him in a slot, I'm not yeah. going to argue. I don't yeah. view him as shifty per se. Like he can be, but I think he's more of a pure receiver. Like you know, I think right now Micah Tease is a better receiver than he is a DB. I think in three years he's going to be a better DB than he is receiver. That's the difference. Uh, well, so that's that's well, kind of my my two cents on on that one, but. Smitty, I, I kind of think that if Notre Dame does want to force a slot in this class, I think they would honestly just go after a different type, right? Like I know we're traditionally thinking of a quicker footed guy yeah. that can, you know, run routes. Yeah. I think I think they would honestly think about maybe if they land Jaden Greathouse, you're a bigger, big slot instead of a shifty. That's slot. interesting. That but, has that's what I, but Brian, that's what I like about what you said, too, is you didn't say uh, slot. You said another shifty guy. If you're six two and you're shifty, yeah, hey. he's not really shifty. He he'd be more of a pro style slot. You know what they could do though, and this is something that that you know again, it's it's about strategy. And sometimes sometimes you're not going to be able to fill every need in one class. That there's just not that there's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of Rodney Gallagher's in this receiver class. Period. That are Notre Dame caliber kids. Most of them are outside guys. It's the Noah Rogers, is Brandon Innes, is Jaden Greathouse, is Braylon James. You know, Cardinal Tates, there's Tyler Williams. There's a lot of Jaden. I think I, I said J- Rico Flora. I mean, there's just a lot of outside guys. There's not a lot of sh- slots, which is a, because what you're seeing is more and more teams are moving that guy to defense. Oh, yeah. They can save on Bradshaw last year. That's a different conversation. 
Having said that, the unique thing about about it is you've got to you've got to have some foresight, and this is something I, I feel that the best programs have that a lot of the best recruiting operations have that not all not most have, and, and that is the willingness to say no to a need in one class because you think you can fill it better in the next one. And when you look at Notre Dame's 2024 offer list, there are a lot of that kind of guy in next year's class. And some of them are some of are the the sl- guys that I think could play the slot, like for example, uh, Emma Mosley. I think Emma Mosley sure. could be a really good slot receiver in more of a traditional NFL style slot. You know, but then you look at some other guys on the list. Micah Ty- Hudson could be that. Tysier Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Ryan Pelham, the kid who I think is going to end up going to Oregon. No, that uh, I'm sorry, Jack Wrestler is a kid I think is going to Oregon. Ryan Pelham's a kid on the list. Zion Reagans is a kid on the list. Uh, Jason Robinson, the USC commit that's going to visit. Joseph Stone. Those are a lot of slot type of guys that Notre Dame has offered in next year's class. There's not a lot of bigger guys. You know, there's Nicholas Marsh who's 6'3". You know, there's Bredell Richardson is 6'1". Brian, he's going to be visiting in June, by the way. Uh, Jeremiah Smith, who Brian and I were talking about the other day in Texas. Oh, no, no. He's really good. Jeremiah is whatever. He's 6'3". And then Ryan Wingo, 6'2". But most of the offers that they've put out in that class are guys who are more slots. And so they're, you ha- that's sometimes, hey, look, there's just not – we could take a guy or maybe we could take a guy like Micah Tease who we think is better on defense and put him on a slot to fill a need. But are you really doing right by Micah Tease if that's the case, right? It, you know, If he wants a shot, you can give him a shot. But it's very clear to me that next year they are, they are shooting for a lot of – Lorenzo Styles slash Avery Davis slash type guys, yeah, in yeah. the slot, and you 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 know so maybe you get two of them next year instead of one this year, one next year. That's the other part of it too. Well, I, I Richardson's that kind of guy, but outside, yeah. and then CJ will take him to the slot that plays at CDS. <laughs> right, yeah, he, he's yeah. he's pretty decent. <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like forcing it either, Brian. I mean, to your point, it's. This this 2023 class seems a lot more outside driven from a wide receiver perspective, but 2024 looks like there's a lot quicker guys. Because I mean, outside of it's it's like, oh, are you going to replace Rodney Gallagher? You know, to try to find that shifty slot. I don't see a lot of those guys in the 2023 right. class. Like it's just a bigger group in general. Nah, seems, we still know? have some of those where I live. Believe me. Well, but some of those guys are either right. a, committed somewhere else, like Nathaniel Joseph, who I would have loved to have had in that role, but their Notre Dame's not getting him. You know, but guys that can Notre Dame can get or that are looking at Notre Dame, that's the difference, right? And he was looking at Notre Dame hard for a while, which is weird, but he's a 4 well, kid. Unfortunately, he made his decision, I believe, before the, the staff at Notre Dame had been put together. So, and he can fly. Yeah. So. He's right. I remember the first time you sent me film, and I was like, yep, uh, sign me up. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah. He, yep. he, he can go. And it was a great pickup for Clemson because that's the kind of kid they needed. Oh, that's what they were missing on last year's team. They had a bunch of outside, yeah. you know, trees, and they didn't have that. And they run a they run a college spread, and yeah, in a college true. spread, you have to have a Hunter Renfro type or an, an Amari Rogers slash Ray Ray McLeod slash Nathaniel Joseph type of guy, and they just didn't have that last year. And it hurt their offense. I mean, who was the only guy for Clemson that could really consistently make plays against Notre Dame in 2020 in the in the regular season game? 
That what it was, was not killed it, us. It was, it was Amar killed us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of guy that that you need to have, and they didn't have that, and that's the kind of guy I want their name to to continue to get. My stance, guys, on needing that kind of player has not changed. Uh, it's just that I don't know who that guy is in this class, and I'm not forcing it just to force it. That's that's what I'm saying. I still think that guy is needed, just like I thought it was needed last year. That's why I wanted Xavion Bradshaw. And if they would have got Xavion Bradshaw last year like they should have, we're not having this conversation. We're just like, ah, they're fine. We'll, we're worried about that next year, right? And and so hopefully they'll be able to, to, make, it, to make it happen next year in that receiver class. Yeah. Well, I have to run to a fun Zoom meeting, but uh, you guys. Uh, you have fun with that. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, man. Enjoyed it. Enjoy your night. See you, man. So, Ryan, that is that is where Notre Dame is with running back. We talked a little bit of receiver, and it's a good pickup. I think as we kind of wrap this thing up, this is a good pickup. This Notre Dame is back to where they were a week ago, numbers-wise. But I think we can all agree that they're in a better place now. And, and I, I think very highly of Cedric Irvin as a young man. I, I felt terrible about how it all played out. There was no, I mean, it had to be done. Just don't feel good about it. It's just um, – it's one of those things where you just say, hey, man, um, it's a tough break, but it made them a better football team. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Now nah, I agree. It's, it's one of those things where, cause Cedric Irvin jr. Was just a really, he's a really good kid and he was a good commit for them. Right. Cause it was just like, everything was shut down after he committed to Notre Dame. Like he was a, he was all on board. So, I mean, it was just unfortunate in that instance that it didn't work out. But like you said, I mean, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We've been very consistent about this. I, I mean, I think that Jaden Lamar is a better player than Cedric Irvin Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just do. So you were you had to get rid of a player in a class, but in my opinion, you upgraded in that spot. So it is a very bittersweet because I had developed a, a pretty solid relationship with Cedric Irvin Jr. And I even texted him afterwards, just wishing him luck with, with everything that was going on. So I hope he lands on his feet. I hope he does great. I hope he's a great college football player. I mean, no, no doubt about it in my wishes on that one, but I really do like Jaden Lamar. You know, I've liked Jaden Lamar for a long time. I think he's a good. You're a lot player. higher on him than I am. That, sure. that, that, I'll be honest, Ryan. Ryan, I, we both like him. We both grade him as four star players. Ryan just graded him even higher than I did. He likes him even more than I was. I'll be honest. So if he pans out, he got it right more so than than I did in, in, in yep. this instance. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So we're, we're going to kind of dive into a little Q&A. And so we're going to answer some questions. Uh, Brandon, I saw, your, I saw your chat too late. And um, Brian is going to answer your question. He's going to jump in and answer your question in the chat. So, uh, because Brandon Plesner asked, and, and this is the one Brian, Brian will respond to it in the chat. He had to, he had to take off. He's got a meeting he had to get to. He said, uh, what are your thoughts on Anthony Carey? He's a 2024 running back, by the way. Also, does Notre Dame have a chance? Besides Jarrett Gibson, Carey and Corey Smith are my favorite running backs in the 2024 class. So, Ryan, let's talk about Till. So, we'll, Brian will be able to answer your question in the Super Chat, Brandon. But I do want to talk about how this impacts the 2024 class. Mm-hmm. Because what you do now is that you have to ask yourself if you get if you get a second back in this class, which is not a given. And by the way, Brandon, thank you for the for the super chat. Barring an exodus from your current roster, I'm not sure if you can go for two again next year. Right. So then you got to ask, well, what what is your need? Do you need more of a every down back, or do you go for more of a a Corey Smith home run hitter type of guy? And mm-hmm. that's that's the unique question, and that's the one that we're going to find out from Notre Dame over the next year is what they prioritize. And so now there's a chance it could change. You know, maybe Chris Tyree has a monster year and goes pro, and one of the sophomore backs transfers, or, or there's an injury. I mean, things could change. But right now, just looking at the depth chart, you sign two running backs in the 2021 class. You sign two running backs in the 2022 class with Jabron Payne, and if you sign two running backs in this class you're now talking about six running backs in a three-year stretch. That's a lot of running backs. And then if you get two more in the next class, uh, you're going to be in a situation where it's eight running backs in four years. You're going to have to have at least two guys transfer out or go pro. And I think that just puts them in a really, really tough spot. Now, of course, it could be Tyree is because Tyree will be gone from the 2024 year because he'll be 20, 21, 22, and 23. Unless sure. he comes back for a fifth year, which Tyree actually has the option for a fifth year because of COVID, his freshman mm-hmm. year didn't count. So even though he he won't have ever, even though he won't have taken a red shirt as of yet, he would still have a fifth season. So maybe he does come back. But I I, I you know usually you don't see running backs come back for their fifth seasons. Then you look at you know Logan Diggs and Audrey Estime. If one of those guys has a similar Kyron Williams type type breakout this year. The odds yep. of them being on the roster in 2024 goes down as well. So it, it could happen, but I think right now you you need to figure out who's your best, who's your number one, and go for that guy on top of finishing out the 2023 class with a Jeremiah Love and or a Richard Young, which, again, I love the fact that they're going for Richard Young. But here's the deal, which you all have to understand. The fact that they've known Jaden Lamar was going to go public with this commitment for as long as they have, Allowed them to say, okay, let's shoot for the stars now. <laughs> I mean, sure. we know we love Jeremiah. We know we love Jeremiah. No pun intended. Big fans of Jeremiah Love. They really like Jeremiah Love a lot. Like, I remember I asked someone about, you know, when 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 I found out about Jay Lamar, I asked one of my sources, uh, you know, would 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 Jeremiah Love still be a take? And like before I finished my sentence, I was cut off and like, oh yes, absolutely. He's still a guy that mm-hmm. they'd want. 
so you know it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of p- plays out. But uh, they got a chance to do have put together a really really impressive class. And then Brian read the answer to Brandon's question. He says, "Carry really filling out his frame. He's shifty. He has great vision. Notre Dame type of kid. He does talk to Notre Dame. Spoke with him the other day. Long long way to go with him, as it is the case with most 2024 type of guys. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I mean, and to your note, Brian, it's it's a little of an interesting situation for like the 2024 class because it's a really good running back class it seems right i mean there's a lot of good dudes there really is it's back to speed now okay it's back to speed hopefully that does not happen again but i was saying it's not your mic it's your internet connection correct which is weird because it has been remedied for the most part but yeah we're we're so i was going to say the 2024 class looks like a really good one to you know mention anthony Mm -hmm. carey we talked a little bit about Corey smith I mean, there's a lot of dudes on that board. It's a really good class. So the question of do you load up in 2023 comparative to hold out maybe an extra running spot, spot, running back spot for 2024 is an interesting conversation. I ultimately think if you can get Jeremiah Love and kick the tires with the Richard Young, I don't think that that one's a long shot. I know someone asked about that earlier that I think I starred, but I, I think that you you would take the talent this year because I think that next year you might only get one but it's probably more likely to be a stud, right? Like you might right. have a better shot at getting a stud next year. So, well, and I think if you can get a second back, and it was from here and asked the question about Richard Young, but if you can get a yeah. second back in this class, then it allows you to put more emphasis on getting that top level back. And the nice thing is, is they're in on some of those guys. I mean, I think that's Corey. I think Corey Smith is that kind of guy. Obviously, uh, Davion Gauze is that kind of guy for me. Gaze, I'm not sure, quite sure how to pronounce the last name. I think it might be Gaze. Uh, you look at the kid who's um, his name escapes me at the at the present moment, Ryan. But the kid that's committed to Florida State that's still talking to Notre Dame. I have to look mm-hmm. up his name here real quick. I got I got the offer list in front of me. Cameron Davis. Cameron he's Davis. that kind of guy. He he yep. he can. He's that kind of guy. Anthony Carey can be that kind of guy. Jarrett Gibson. Although I don't see Notre Dame getting Jarrett Gibson. Brian right. Jackson. I I'm not sure how I feel about Brian Jackson. He's kind of a big hammer, and I, I don't know if that would be necessarily my top choice. Nathaniel Palmer, you said you've seen him and you like him. He's pretty good as well, correct? Then you tell me yeah. you, you saw and liked Nathaniel Palmer. I haven't seen him yet, so I'll let you kind of share your thoughts on that one. But of the guys on the board, Ryan, I mean, they've thrown out eight offers so far running back, and they're all really good. I mean, yes. that is the thing. They are not they – are, they are after some dudes in that class. There's no question about it. Yeah, Nathaniel Palmer, I think, is ranked as a three-star, but that kid's not a three-star. That's not well, Jeremy – Okay, so let me just interrupt you to to share my thoughts on the rankings. Uh, so, <laughs> he, Jeremiah Love's recruiting rankings are are just again just another example of why I think this whole thing is just getting just out of hand. So, when you look at Jeremiah Love's rankings from on three, he is ranked as the number one hundred two player in the country by on three. ESPN ranks him ninetieth. 247 sports ranked him as number 144, right? Lowest in-state, he's ranked third in Missouri, third in Missouri, fifth in Missouri. Then there's good old rivals who ranks him as not only a three-star, but a 5.63 star, which means he's not even the top group of three stars, you know, and he's the number 15 player in the state of Missouri. So, you know, I, I just don't really care if a kid is ranked as a three star at this point in time. I'm just I'm over I'm over it. You know, it's just the kid can ball. If if he can if the film is good, then that's all I care about at this point in time. 
Yep. Agree. Agree. And I, I really did like Nathaniel Palmer's film. He's, I, I think he's going to be a bigger back. I would say he probably ends up being 210, 215 at, at the, at the best of it. He's, you know, he reminds me of Brian. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Ty Chandler, but I get like Ty Chandler vibes. And I, I, don't okay. know, I, like, I like Ty, you know, he's kind of a one cut type of back. He's not incredibly shifty, but he's got some burst to him when he hits the open field. And he's kind of a bigger back, you know, like at the mm-hmm. best, I think Ty was about 210, 212 ish, somewhere in that ballpark. Like I mm-hmm. see stylistically a little bit of similarities. Yeah. Ty ran like 438, though, at the, at the combine. He's not, Nathaniel Palmer's not that, but yeah. stylistically speaking. And Brandon says that that uh, Gay seems like a power back to me too. I I think he is a power runner, but I think he's a different type of power runner than than Brian Jackson. If you if you look at Davion, and I'm not sure if you've had a chance to watch this film yet or, or not yet, Ryan, but he is a big, you know, 510 or 200 510, 510, 210, 215 pound kid, but he's he's got feet. That's like where Brian Jackson's kind of a he's really good, but he's like he's just a straight ahead hammer. You know, yes, and uh, which is fine. It's just that's just not my personal preference. So maybe w- with Brian Jackson, it's more of a it's more of a Brian Driscoll personal preference thing. Why well, don't view him as others? I like guys that have some shiftiness to him, but Notre Dame likes him obviously as they like the other guys on the board. He just seems more like a Bama back to me, and I don't know if Notre Dame's looking for a Bama back. That's not to say oh Bama guys. It's it's just there's a style that fits there that maybe fits a little better than it fits at Notre Dame and vice versa. And and so I I do believe I don't disagree with you, Brandon. I just think for me that he's got some shiftiness to him, and to me that's 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 a must for me to have that. And if, we're going to answer some questions here. If you all have them, if you don't, we'll get out of here. It's all good. But uh, we do we do. I did have a comment from Antoine. Just kind of you know shaking things up a little bit tonight. So uh, don't agree with a lot of what he's saying, but he said, good show. My assessment of your recruits is nothing personal. I feel we have to take good with bad as a fan base. We can learn fan base. So we can learn good criticism allows you to grow. No disrespect to the Notre Dame faithful. I, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, Antoine, you've been in this chat long enough to know, and you've even made the comment that, you know, this isn't a Homer site. This isn't a Homer uh, chat. This isn't a Homer board and all those type of things. Right. But the reality is, is that picking the day of a commitment to only talk about what the kid's not good at is uh, not going to endear you when people know you're a fan of a rival. That's my only point, right? Like uh, there was a lot of can't, 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 can't. We talked about how he doesn't look explosive, right? So you can do it, but when you just jump into a chat like that and start saying he's slow, he's slow, he's slow, you got to understand that the fans of that team are not going to take well to that when your school was one of the finalists, didn't get them, and and that type of thing. So, I mean, I, I appreciate you. We do. It's why we welcome you here. It's just you just got to know sometimes if you want people to receive the criticism, then you, you better also throw out some, hey, he does this, 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 and this. But yours was like, like the, okay, buddy's got good vision, but he's all these horrible things. I think that was more of the issue with anything else, uh, in, in my opinion. So. Jeff Fluke says, other than SI, is there a preference in what recruiting service we end up with the number one recruiting class? You know, I I, I kind of like the composite. I still I still like that to a degree. I think the composite is something I like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think on three has their consensus thing, but their 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 grading system is so weird. Like there was a time when Notre Dame had like ten commits, nine nine commits, and Bama had three, and USC had three, and they were both ranked ahead of Notre Dame's. You're like, yeah, it shouldn't be a numbers game, but 
that's a little absurd to me, you know. So they're all kind of they're all kind of weird. But I, I think the two four seven composite is still probably the one I would look at after the SI ninety nine rankings, which. As I've explained to people before, we do it differently when we look at the rankings for SI-99 because we actually look at them more subjectively as opposed to just a points-based system. We try to grade them and rank them all as they go. So we'll get to some more questions here. Ryan, they're starting to, they're starting to come in here a little bit, so let's pull that one up while uh, we're finding some other ones. From Matt2011GT, thank you for the super chat. Matt, always love the content, guys. Thank you. Really feel we need to land one of the other backs and get us get some receivers in this class. Thoughts on the Iowa kids. So agree on other backs. I, I don't think a second – I want to get your opinion on this, Ryan. I don't yep. think a second running back is a need in this class. The only reason I want a second running back is because I want Jeremiah Love. Fair, yeah. Right? I mean, is I that – I agree. I agree, yeah. So do you think a second back in this class is a need in this, no. in, in, for 2023? I don't think so. I mean, because honestly, Brian, I, I mean, again, wasn't the hugest C- Cedric Irvin Jr. fan as far as him being the number one back in the class. But I mean, for a while there, I was just kind of like, eh, if they stay at one running back, whatever, it's fine, right? Because 2024, numbers I think wise. it's right. exactly numbers wise. Yes, yes. Not from a just pure talent perspective, from a numbers perspective, it's fine. Because if you want to save the two for next year in 2024, I think you're fine, right? So, yeah, I I don't think it's a pressing need. I just I think there's a couple guys on the board that you really like, and that's fine. If there there is, go for the talent. I'm totally okay mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Now, so I would like a second. I would where I agree with Matt is I want a second back in the class as long as it's Jeremiah Love or Richard Young. I don't want a second back just to get a second back. It better be someone who's better than Jaden Lamar, in my opinion. Like Jaden Lamar needs to be the floor of your running back class, in my opinion. And that's not an insult to him. That's just saying, if you're going to add another back to him, he better be really, really good. And I think Jeremiah Love does that. Or he better be a guy that can play multiple positions, which also brings that was why I like Jeremiah Love. So that's kind of where, you know, where I see that one. As far as the receivers, yeah, I mean, but again, it's it's still May. I know people are kind of panicking about, look. Notre Dame is in a really good place at receiver right now, other than they, I mean, they lost Ronnie Gallagher. That's a miss. Ryan wrote about it today. There's no spin in that one. There's no spin like, well, they're going to be fine. Well, they're going to be fine, but that doesn't mean that it's still not a miss because he does bring a very unique skill set to the table. There's nobody else on the board that does what he can do. And that is something Notre Dame needed. So we're not spinning that one. It's, it's a loss. I don't think there's anything the staff could have done. I, I, there's not a thing that I can point to and say, well, if they, Let me rephrase. There's nothing this staff could have done differently. If they would have jumped on him way earlier, then they might have had a shot to get him away from the hometown school. But uh, they just they weren't. I mean, they weren't able to 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 do it. But there was a very interesting article in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette today where he talked about his dad said, "I I thought for a while there Notre Dame was going to steal him." I'm like, well, that says a lot, (laughs) you know. When when his dad thinks about stealing him, you know, away that there was a push for him to stay closer to home, but. I think they did everything right. They just sometimes you don't you're, you're going to lose those battles, and they couldn't close. And it'd be one thing if they lost into a team that they're going to beat. That they lost into West Virginia. If right. a kid's going to pick West Virginia, is it really a you problem in, in this instance? Now, in two years ago with White Milam, yeah, that was a co- that was a recruiting problem. They didn't push for a kid they should have landed. This one's different, and so uh, you know it, it's a loss. But they're still a, they're still in a really good position at receiver. It's just they got to close. Right, they're in a great position with Jaden Greathouse. I like where they are with Ronan Hannafin. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're getting a recruiting class where maybe you get a Rico Flores as your fourth best receiver, you're doing okay. Because here, here's the here's the reason I think some people are nervous about the receiving class, Ryan. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. It's Ronan Hannafin's recruiting ranking. Because if you look at the film, that's not a three-star kid. Agreed. And here's the other thing. Name me a receiver on the board other than maybe Cardinal Tate. And I'll even say not even that one because Alabama is not pushing for Cardinal Tate. Name me another receiver on the board that has Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, USC, Notre Dame, and Ohio State all recruiting him. I, I don't have one for you. I don't have Again, one. Not <laughs> everyone's recruiting him as a receiver, right? But as an as a football player athlete, I'm sorry if you're a if you're being recruited by those schools, you're 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 not a three star kid. I'm sorry, you're just you're just not. If one of those schools recruits you, maybe because they may see you as a fill in the need or whatever. But when all those schools are recruiting you, you're better than a three star kid, in my view. And his film is better. That, that's it, that's when you, that's when you go from being a guy to a dude. Like that is right. the difference right there. Right. Yep. Right. So to me, Ronan Hannafin's not creating the buzz because of his recruiting ranking, but that kid's really good. And then when you look at Jaden Greathouse, they're in a really good place there. He's a top 100 caliber kid. Braylon James is a top 100 caliber kid. He's a top 100 kid, in my opinion. And then Rico Flores is more of like a 175 to 225 caliber guy to me. If that's your fourth guy, if they're able to finish with that type of class, it's a pretty good four-man four group. There's no question about it. And then at yep. that point in time, you just try to flip some stud that you like. You know, you try to flip a Tyler Williams if you pick someone else. You try to Maybe you can still convince another kid down the road who's a big time player to, to jump on board. But if that the four is still the the, the need for me, I, I think you only go to five if it's the right five. I just I've never felt great about going to five just because. And you know, that's why I was okay going to five if you were gonna get Braylon James, Rodney Gallagher, Ronan Hannafin, Rico Flores, and Rodney Gallagher. Sure. But I'm not going five just to get to five because you're gonna end up losing somebody and you're back to square one in a year or two anyway. So but now the key, Ryan, and this is what you wrote about today at IrishBreakdown.com is it's kind of close. Now you got, I mean, the, the board is there for Notre Dame to have a really good, one of the five to six best receiver classes in the country. In my opinion, I think yours too. Braylon mm-hmm. James, Jaden Greathouse, Ronan Hannafin, Rico Flores, if that's what they get. And again, they got to close with all three of those guys, especially Hannafin and Flores. You know, it's, it's it's a it closes the gap from the standpoint of you're way better with that group than you were coming into the year. Sure, uh, it's it's a good group. That's a really good group of players, in my opinion. It's a really mm-hmm. good group of players, and it certainly it fills that need, in my opinion. It certainly fills that need of, of getting playmakers that you need in this class. And and Brandon talks about Micah Tease. The thing is, Micah Tease wouldn't technically be being recruited as an ath- as a receiver. He'd be more of, of an athlete sure. that would get a shot there, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, would yeah. Be how it would be. Yeah, I, I think the only hang up for that four, because I agree with you, I think it's a really good four man class. It's just the diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are they diverse enough right. from, you know, because you, you look at Ronan Hannafin and Braylon James, similar, right? Flores. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, very. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. And if you so wanted just, to disagree with him being similar to Braylon James, and you'd say, well, then he's, then you have to view him as being similar to, Rodney Gallagher. I mean, no, Jane Greathouse. Right. But he doesn't right. stand out as uniquely different from either one of those two. He has a little bit of both of their traits. Yep. I, w- I would be fine with the four-man class, though. Again, it's just 
it, it does put pressure on you for 2024 to land a super shifty slot, like yeah, a guy that's one. And yeah, exactly. So you need to get a Tysir Denmark or a, um, a, a Emmett Mosley or a Zion Reagans, whoever it right. is, you need to get one of those guys next right. year. No doubt. No doubt. At least one, at least one, if not maybe two. Cause I think with like a guy like Emmett Mosley, I think Emmett Mosley can play in the slot. But I think he can also play outside. He reminds me a lot of a Lorenzo styles type of player to me is, you know, again, they're not, not saying they're the same guy, but you know, Lorenzo can start at Z, he can start at X and be good at both of them, even do some W in certain looks. And I, and I think that's the kind of the, the cloth that Emmett Mosley's cut from. That's a little different than some of the other guys who are more pure, you know, shifty slot type of guys, in my opinion. Then his last question is thoughts on the Iowa kid. I assume he is referring to Charlie Jones. Oh uh, yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're not going to get too much into that, but my under I've talked to a couple people about this, and I, I do believe Notre Dame is kicking the tires on that one. That is the punt returner, kick returner slash slot receiver that uh, is just entered the portal from Iowa. He was at Buffalo his first few years. He went to I was last year his first year at Iowa, or was it his second year at Iowa? I think he's been there for two years. I believe two years. Okay, I think so. Uh, so he has a sixth year of eligibility because of the COVID season. And so he is looking to play that sixth year. I do expect Notre Dame to to jump in the mix there and see if they can make it work. Where that is right now, I, I do not know as far as how 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 far down the road they are, but I, there is interest there. And he is more of a you're you're landing a you're landing one of, in my opinion, around the best punt returners in college football last mm-hmm. year. Yep. Like clearly. Maybe a guy that could be your kick returner. I, I think that would be more debatable with Chris Tyree on, on board. Uh, yep. It would depend partly on Chris Tyree's role and Jadarian Price. And then uh, you're also getting a guy that can be a, a, a good slot receiver that has never been a high-volume guy, Ryan, but he is mm-hmm. a big play guy. Even at, even at Iowa, he was a very high yards-per-catch guy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, he was. And and I, I think that the baseline is what you get for him, right? Like, he's not going to come in and he's going to be your number one or number two receiver, but he's going to give you depth, which you need. And he's going to be a really good punt returner, like really good. I mean, I don't think it's a debate if Charlie Jones gets on the team of who the punt returner is. I don't think no. it's a competition at that point. He's he's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, and I don't often say that. But, I mean, you can have a competition. I'm sure that they'll try to have a competition, but it won't be a competition. He is uh, he is very good. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to look up – I'm trying to look up his ranking – last year uh but he had he had what did he take two back to the house last year and my was it let me see it, it was it was one or two it was one or two last year but his yards per his yards per return was pretty nutty if i remember correctly yeah he was uh he was an impressive guy i'm trying to look it up now so as a receiver he had oh i'm sorry it was 2020 where he had uh the touchdown punt return touchdown last year he didn't have one he had a he had a uh kick return last year kick return was last year uh, but he averaged 15.4 yards per catch last year and on 21 catches. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me also point out that um, <laughs> last year, the situation at quarterback for Iowa was really bad. Are you not a Spencer Petras no. guy? <laughs> no. That was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in college football. I mean, it, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, he's 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 not that guy. He's not that guy. So, you know, this isn't a guy that's like, oh my gosh, this is a phenomenal. He's going to start. This is a this is a rotation player receiver that is a dynamic punt returner is what he what he would be in my opinion. So, yes, that would be 
that would be uh, that would be where you are. So uh, he is a guy that I do think Notre Dame is going to take a look at. We have some more questions over here. Uh, looks like we do. All right, Garen Nutson, how are you? How are we looking for Freeling? Any rough time frame for him, Ryan? I know you can answer both of those. Yeah, as far as the time frame to answer that first, he's always been a guy that said that he wants he'll go into the season with it, right? So I, that can always change, but I haven't heard any difference as far as what the timeline is going to look like. I can I still consistent. I'm I'm going to be consistent to say that I think that they're in a really good spot with with Monroe mm-hmm. Freeland. I, at this point, I'm going to say it's either going to be Notre Dame or it's Clemson. They have to close on him, but I think also getting getting both Sam Pendleton and Sullivan Absher into this class, both Carolina kids, I think that's a great baseline to, to close on a guy like a Monroe Freeling. And I had an article today where I basically said that Monroe Freeling is quietly, outside of Dante Moore, the guy that no one talks about as much, but is a guy that is paramount to get into this class. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think they're in a good spot. They have to close on it, but I think they're in a good position. Continue. Yeah. There's a couple questions about Charlie Jones. Brandon asks if he was a grad transfer. He is, which is why he could still they could get him right away. So that was kind of my first thought was, okay, is this a grad? Because if you're if you're an undergrad, the window to to transfer and play right away is gone. Mm-hmm. But Grad transfers can pl- can transfer and play right away, and he is a grad transfer, so he would be able to play right away. Brandon says, do they have a scholarship available for him? Uh, they're working on their scholarship situation as we speak, so I think one would come up, one one would come available some way somehow. And then Brandon also asks about receiver Ryan. If Notre Dame lands four to five in twenty three, will they take four again in twenty twenty four? A, it would depend on who the four is. B, mm-hmm. it would depend on what type of losses you have from your current roster. But I would think yes, because when the 2024 class shows up, Braden Lindsay, I'm sorry, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey, and Jane Thomas are going to be seniors. That's how crazy this recruiting thing is. They're going to be seniors. Yep. So you're going to have those three, Tobias Merriweather, and then if you get four this year, that's only eight guys. And so, you know, you, you need three, and you could take four if one of those other guys is gone or something along those lines. But you know, you can start getting to 12 receivers on a roster. That's that's a little high, but you would get there if it meant you've got three guys that are gone after this year, and we don't want to have to take five again the next year. So I, I would say they would take four if it was the right four. They would definitely be open to four. I don't think they would need to force four unless there's more matriculation from the from the roster. You agree with that, Ryan? Yeah, I do. I do. I think four is still a number for next year. I, I The depth is an issue still. So, yes, I, I agree for you. Yep. And then Matt was referring to a Jeremiah Love type of guy when talking about running back. And, yes, Matt, in that instance, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Danny Cottrell says Notre Dame needs to get another Jerome Bettis. You know who else needs another Jerome Bettis? Everyone. Every other team in college football. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is – we're talking about a, a, a phenomenal bag. You know, it's, I was actually watching last night. I couldn't sleep again. Shocker. And so I actually popped in the uh, the 2000 or 1992 bowl game. And it was the Sugar Bowl. And just watching Jerome Bettis in the fourth quarter of that game just rip through Florida. Because people forget Notre Dame was losing in the fourth quarter of that game. Hmm. It, they, they were down, I think it was 22 to 17 at one point in time. And Notre Dame just buried him in the fourth quarter, but it was uh, it was a it was a very competitive game for almost the entire game. 
in my when opinion. You, when you say popping it in, is it like VHS? I'm sorry. It's like, it, no, it's like on – that's just the expression that I use. Gotcha, in, gotcha. Right? But it was on um, it was on YouTube, I believe. I think I gotcha. actually have that game on VHS. Yeah. But the VHS player is like right over there. Uh, so I don't uh, – I, I miss the VHSs, yeah. man. Used to yeah. tear, tear up the tape and, yeah, it was great. Great stuff. VHS sucked because you would just like, oh, crap, it ripped. I'm screwed. It's done. Uh, yes. Yeah, they were. Or when worse is when you pull it out and like you see the street, you oh, because you could you you didn't know until you got it out that it was like oh crap, it's stuck. It was just drove me. Nuts. Yep, I remember you used to tape over nuts. things too, right? And then if it got stuck, then it was over with. There was no yeah. way to replace it. it was or done. somebody taped over something and you didn't know it, <laughs> so you pop in the football game and you're like, what is that? Oh man, oh man, <laughs> yeah. it was not fun. It was not fun at all. All right, I think that is it for the questions. I don't see any more. I'm just kind of scrolling through here real quick. I don't see any. Jeff Flukes asked about uh, is this is that like the Kane Madden competition? I think he was referring to punt returning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be kind of like that. You know, where that it, it's that guy's going to have the job. You can call it a competition all you want, but that guy's going to have the job. There's no question about it. So I, I think that is it, Ryan. If you want to check the bottom to see if there's any more that just popped up, I don't see any more. Nope. Just uh, a, a a great conversation about bed is happening. Was all I oh, see. Yeah, he, he, was yes. he didn't stink. Didn't he NFL did Hall stink. NFL Hall of Famer. So yeah. And what he rushed for like twenty touchdowns his last year at Notre Dame. Something I mean, like that, you yeah. know, so yeah. uh, he he was pretty good at Notre Dame too. I'm actually going to pull up his Notre Dame stats because it is interesting. He never actually rushed for a thousand yards at Notre Dame, but that's because he had he had Reggie Brooks on that team. But yeah, his uh, no never did twenty. So as a as a Sophomore, Jerome Russ for 972 yards and 16 touchdowns. Had four touchdown catches. That's where the 20. I knew he had 20 touchdowns. He had 20 total touchdowns. Gotcha. We had four receiving touchdowns. And then in 1982, he rushed for 825 yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, keep in mind, played 11 games in 1992 and only 12 the year before. So that would have been a little bit more success there. But in 1992, he obviously was in the same backfield as Reggie Brooks who rushed for over 1,300 yards and was uh, – fin- I think he finished fourth or fifth in the Heisman voting that year. Reggie Brooks did. So that's pretty good backfield. It's pretty good backfield. You also had here, – here's who else you had in that backfield. You had Lee Becton was a backup running back. Ray Zellers was your backup fullback. Uh, you had Rodney Culver was on that 91 team. I don't. He wasn't on the 92 team, but I believe Rodney – I don't think Rodney was on the 92 team, but he was on the 91 team. Because I, I forget sometimes how good of a back Rodney Culver was because he just was always on such other good backfields. I mean, he was he was a good running back. He was really sure good was. Back. Sure was. Yeah, the 91 backfield, you had Jerome Bettis, Tony Brooks, and Rodney Culver. Reggie didn't even start on that team. He only had 18 carries on that team. That's the only crazy thing. Reggie Brooks never had more than 122 yards in a season until his last year when he rushed for 1343, eight yards of carry and 13 touchdowns. That's how loaded Notre Dame was at running back back in the day. So, someone just said so good that Dorsey Levins had the transfer. He did. A he good did. Point. It's a good yeah. point. He, he turned into a chart. And he turned into a good NFL running back. Yeah. Too, he was good at Georgia Lawrence. Tech as well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they, they were just so loaded at running back back in the day. And they would recruit like six or seven running backs a year. Because like one of them's projected to be a linebacker. One of them's projected to be a receiver. And this is a different era. So anyway, all right, that, that is going to be it, everybody. Thanks for joining the show. Obviously a big pickup for Notre Dame. Uh, really, really good pickup for Notre Dame. I think that the class is back to 13, but it's a better class. As we said, Jeremiah, J- Jaden Lamar, really good pickup. 
really quality player, uh, really like it. And somebody asked about when we think the next public commitment is going to be. Don't uh, really do that whole thing. I don't, I, I'll say this. I don't know of any public commitments left in the month of May. Doesn't mean that that might not change, but we don't know of any that are going to happen in the month of May. I think a lot of, a lot is going to happen in June from a securing thing standpoint. There may be some public commitments in June, but July is going to be a very busy month. I think a lot of kids are going to kind of wait till July to do things. And that's kind of how it's going to be. And some of the kids already have commitment dates set, right? Christian Gray already has one set. Rico, July 4th, Rico Flores has one for July 3rd. Now, kids could also change their minds, as we saw with Rodney Gallagher. He was supposed to commit on July 4th as well, and he moved it uh, up, obviously, to, to May. So hopefully, I wouldn't mind if some kid wanted to do that. I'd be all for it. So as my man may say, K says, join the message board, everybody. You can see that at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Hit the like button for this show. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Share this podcast and leave a five-star review if you're listening via a podcast app. We would always appreciate it. And as always, go Irish. Thanks to everyone that was part of both shows today. We will see you all again 1230 tomorrow for our Friday mailbag. So have a great rest of your night, everybody. Sleep well, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you all so much for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast. (laughs) 